one, two, three. This is Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles. Hey, that's a hell of a job coming down here being a good football team. Three-step drop, throws to the end zone. Caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay. Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. Brought to you by Advent Health. No matter what helps you feel whole, swimming, laughing, or finding peaceful moments in your day, Advent Health is here to support you with world-class expertise and whole-person care. Because feeling whole always begins at AdventHealth.com. Fire the cannons! Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Todd Bowles. Welcome into week two of the Todd Bowles Show and the 2-0 Todd Bowles Show is what we're going to call it. It's got to sound pretty nice to you, coach, especially... <laughs> after some uh, some low expectations from outsiders. Well, it's good for us as insiders because we have our own expectations. So, you know, you don't follow other people's expectations because you'll never succeed. We keep our own expectations. Outside noise does not matter. We've been saying that all along and we're sticking with that motto. What was your message to the team after the game? It was a good win. It was a good team win. We, you know, every every phase contributed in that win. It was hot out there. It was another gutsy performance by everybody. Uh, some things we got to work on, but when you win, you're able to work on these things even more. So the good teams win when they don't play their best and don't make every play. We haven't made our plays yet, but we're still winning ball games, So that's a positive sign. And take me through Shaq's game ceiling pick six. Shaq did a heck of a job. Levante saw the play before they ran the screen play that got called back by the holding play. Next play, Coach Rogers made a stunt call for the D-line. While Shaq was coming under, he saw the lineman go past him, and he pivoted back, made a great one-handed play, a heady ball play by a heady play by him, and he got in the end zone. It was just a heck of an individual play. What was that moment like for you as a head coach to watch? It was a relief because it was a three-point game at the time. You know, to seal a drive and put the game away right then and there and score on defense is always good. And how about the rest of Shaq's game and, and just his start to the season, even coming off of that injury where you never really know who someone is going to be after an Achilles injury? You really like the way he's playing because you see the quickness. You see the quickness factor in him laterally and vertically. So he's helping us a great deal. His instincts are right right on time. He understands that. You can tell by him making that play. I'm just glad to have him back. I know that the pressure overall from the defense had to make you pretty excited. I mean, there's two different times that you guys got sacks on back-to-back plays. What did you see in terms of why the pressure was working so well in this particular game? Was it about the game planning? Was it about the guy's execution? You know, and it was so many different guys that it just felt like it was such a, a team defensive thing. It was really the execution of the game plan. You know, we had great coverage on the back end. We had spies on him in case he tried to get out the pocket. So he really had to kind of sit there and try to find the open guy. And we had three guys coming after him full speed. If he got past those three, it was two more guys sitting there for him. And those guys executed very well. That takes a lot to do as a group. And I thought they did a good job at that. How about Joe Tryon Shoinka got uh, two sacks. I think it's his second two sack game of his career. And especially one of them, just incredible get off. It seemed like on it, uh, the speed with which he was able to get there. I know that he's been a guy that you've really been harping on for this year, hoping to have a little bit bigger year in terms of not just beating his guy, but getting the quarterback down. So what have you seen these first couple games from him? He's getting off the ball. When he gets off the ball, he's unblockable. When he gets off the ball, he's so athletic. He can use his strength and power. He can get around the corner or he can run over the top of somebody. And I think he's starting to see that on his own and hopefully that continues. 
I know that Logan Hall split a sack with Vita and similar to Joe Tronchenka, that this is a big year for Logan Hall and the hopes that you have for him. What are the expectations that you've had and some of the conversations with him of what you've wanted out of him this year? Well, Logan became a starter this year. I obviously wanted him to be better in the run game, and he's gotten to that point. Now he's getting off the ball, and he's being more active in the pass game. Logan's a very good athlete as well. We're trying to get him to use more of that athleticism, and I think it's starting to show up. And then Cam Gill, this is a guy that I just feel like keeps forcing us to talk about him when he's not one of the more known guys on the team, but now here he's also back from an injury and ends up with a sack forced fumble. Um, how has he made himself a guy that just kind of keeps forcing you to put him in and, and use him in some pretty big moments? He did that all with three plays on defense. So <laughs> it makes you want to play him more and more. Every time he's out there, he gets production, at least half the plays that he's out there. So we need to get a little bit smarter and put him in a little bit more. And what do you feel like it is that's letting him have that success at such a high rate per play that he's in, especially again, guy that was an undrafted, you know, guy from a really small school and during the COVID times kind of had everything stacked against him, essentially. He's a very underrated pass rusher. He has a lot of drive. He's very tough. He knows how to attack the linemen and then go around them. You know, he's very bullish on his technique and he's relentless at it. And, you know, it's something that you got to pay attention to. I know that Zion almost had his first career interception. Uh, so tell me about um, him stepping in for Carlton. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that was a little bit of a sad moment for him thinking he had it and then it getting taken away. Yeah, we can't talk about almost interceptions, but he did play a heck of a ball game and you'd like him to come down with that ball. He did a lot of good things over there. He was comfortable. He was heady. His awareness was about him. Really liked the way he played. And what is it that you miss when Carlton's not out there? What are the challenges about trying to make up for that? Well, the experience of understanding situations. Obviously, Carlton has a little more experience from a talent standpoint. Zion's probably our most talented corner, height, weight, and speed, and athleticism-wise. But from an experience factor, you miss Carlton out there knowing that he can take away a guy when he's just sitting out there. But we're very happy with the way Zion played, and we don't have any problem with putting him in there when Carlton goes down. Uh, one of the guys, and it is Christian Izian, that I, I just can't believe that we're kind of copy-pasting what we talked about last week, that here he is with another interception. Last week, he ripped one away. This one was uh, an actual, more typical interception. Tell, tell us a little bit about that play and uh, the fact that he now has two picks in two games as a rookie. Winfield had a shot at it. He got a heck of a break on it, and he knocked it out. And then Levante had a shot at it and went through his hands. And Izzy's Johnny on the spot. You know, he's around the ball all the time. Every time you look at the frame, when we look at tape, he's always in the picture. He's always around the ball. He's going to make some football plays. He uh, did a heck of a job on the quarterback sweep. He weaved through three defenders and got in on the tackle, which is very good. Some pretty big guys. But the guy, we've been saying it all summer, he's a heck of a football player. You're going to really start talking about this guy because he can really play. What do you feel like turned around most on defense after the Bears' first drive where, you know, they had some big chunk plays, got that touchdown pretty quickly on not that many plays, and then it felt like you guys really just locked down. What were some of the adjustments or things that you guys learned about them that let you make a pretty big turnaround then? You know, I'll take the blame for the first two plays, the chunk plays. I'll take the blame for that part. I thought I should have been in two different defenses. They still make the plays, but at the same time, I'll put them in better position and we kind of settled down after that and understood what we were going to do and we carried it out pretty good. And on the offensive side of the ball, I'm sure you guys were happy with a little bit faster start. I know last week it took quite a while for the offense to 
really get going. And, and this game definitely came up with some bigger plays earlier on. What did you feel like made the difference in the faster start there? Converting third downs, you know, converting third downs. We weren't behind the sticks too much on first down and we held the ball pretty good and it was pretty hot to keep them out there that time. That amount of time and hold the ball was pretty good. Obviously, we want to do better in the red zone, but the offense, they were from 20 to 20. They moved the ball up and down the field. And Mike Evans, I mean, I just feel like I don't know the words to use anymore for a guy that can put up performances like this. So regularly, 171 yards, touchdown. One of his catches went for 70 yards. What do you think worked so well for him in this game in particular? Mike's a competitor. You know, Mike competes when he's open and you don't double him. He gets single high. He's going to make some plays. You know, you might win a couple here and there, but he's going to make his plays. He showed up yesterday in a big way. We needed him, and we kept feeding him. He kept coming through for us. And that 70-yarder uh, was the second longest reception of his career, the longest reception we've had since 2019. What specifically stood out to you about that play and, and watching him just go streaking down there for 70 yards? Well, it's a battle for the catch. Once he caught it and the DB went down, you know, it's a straight run for him. You know, Mike, Mike has great run after catch. You just don't see it a lot because he usually catches deep balls. When he catches the intermediate balls, the first guy usually doesn't get him down. Yeah, and this was a new career high in yak for him. Uh, and so Baker also 317 yards passing, a touchdown, and the part that I'm sure makes you the most happy, no interceptions again. So um, what have you liked about the fact that he's been able to to me, be so creative at times and extending plays, you know, he's ducking out of sacks and, you know, making these gritty runs, but still protecting the ball so far in these first couple of games. He's been doing those things at the right time. You know, at, at times you want to manage the game. At times you have to play quarterback. He's been doing a great job doing both and understanding when he has to do what, when he has to run, when he has to scramble, when he has to throw it away, uh, when he's operating from the pocket, making throws down the field. He's been doing an outstanding job of taking care of the ball and understanding the situations and getting rid of it when he needs to. I know you guys were very happy, particularly with the penalties or lack thereof in the first week, especially no pre-snap penalties. I know there were now a few false starts, a couple holdings. Where did you feel like the game was in terms of playing clean when it came to penalties? I didn't think it was our cleanest. We were better last week. We got to we got to take care of the holding penalties. They shot we shot ourselves in the foot a couple times doing that. We understand we got to play better there. And how about other than the penalties? Uh, what did you think of the offensive line performance in the game? I thought they played well. You know, we got some good hard runs. We had a good carry, 34 carries for 120 yards. Got some grind out runs. They passed protected well. I think he was only sacked once, if not none. Um, and, you know, they, they got a four, a four down front that they, they like to pressure the quarterback with and occasionally bring an extra guy. I thought we picked up well. I thought we understood the assignments well and they kept Baker clean. And yeah, Rashad, 73 yards rushing, 30 yards receiving, over a 100-yard day for him, plus a touchdown. Uh, what seemed to go well for him, both whether it's what the offensive line was doing or what he was doing? He had some tough runs. You know, Rashad had some tough runs. He gutted them out. I had two hands on the ball for the most part. We know he can catch it out of the backfield. He got in a good groove early, and he got in that groove early. You know, he played with good mental toughness and good physical toughness. And how about uh, Chase Edmonds' injury? Do we have any update on how he's doing? He's got a sore knee. He's going to be a couple of weeks probably. We'll see how it comes out. But the next man has to step up and we'll go.
So what is that running back room going to look like? Cause I know during the game at one point it was just Rashad and um, you only, you only had basically two guys that were available to you. Is this now going to be, you know, is Keyshawn Vaughn going to have to play a bigger role or are you just going to ask more from Sean Tucker and Rashad White? Well, yeah, we'll ask more from Sean. Obviously Sneak will have to come up play as well, but Rashad can carry it as well. So we'll still have three guys that we're confident in. And then how about the struggles in the red zone early? What did you guys feel like? I know there were definitely some some points you guys left on the board that you would have wanted a touchdown instead of a field goal. Anything that you guys feel like you learned early on about uh, why that was happening, especially early in the game? Got to convert on first down. Got to get positive yards on first down to make it second and third and manageable. You can't go in there and not do good on first down and have second, third and long and try to get the touchdown. That makes it even tougher. So we got to be more successful on first down and we'll get better at that. Um, I know that you guys are very prepared for the heat for a game like on Sunday. Do you ever think about trying to use the heat against teams like Chicago that you think might not be as prepared for it? Does it change anything about the way you try to game plan or use people? No, we don't change how we're going to use people, but it's definitely the 12th man for us, especially if you get it in September We've been in it. I don't think you ever get used to it. You get used to practicing in it. But for somebody to come down here that hasn't been in it and have to play in it and stay out on the field and our offense kept them out on the field a long time, it's going to take its toll. It took its toll on our guys. So I know it took its toll on theirs. How do you make heat-related decisions with things like using the indoor facility or sticking with an outdoor practice, how long it is? How do you guys try to manage keeping your guys prepared for it while not letting it sap everybody? Well, we take longer breaks. Obviously, we got a cool bench out there. Certain days, we know we have to go inside. If we have plan inside, it's easy. But if you're playing outside, we got to at least spend two days out there to get used to it and try to get our legs back and go inside on Friday as, as opposed to uh, Thursday and Wednesday and still have an element of understanding how we have to play. And we rotate a lot of guys, too. You know, you have to rotate some guys, especially if the drives get longer and understanding how many plays your guys can go and then get them out of there and try to get them back in there fresh. And how about for special teams, uh, looking back at the game on Sunday? Uh, first, what happened on the blocked field goal? Uh, they creased through somewhere on the right side. We got to make sure we shore that up because that that can be a problem going forward. You block one kick, you're going to open the doors to everybody coming after you in the weeks to come. So we're going to have to shut those things down, which is important. But I thought Jake did a heck of a job punting the ball and kickoffs. Uh, Chase did make a field goal to two and came from there. So, But Jake had a heck of a game. He He changed the field position for us. He made some great punts and he made some timely punts and he kept them backed up. Yeah, I mean, man, 72-yarder was the third longest in Bucks history. <clears throat> and he now has two of the top three punts in team history. Tell me just what it's like to have a weapon like that and, and how that can change some of the game kind of decisions that you make as a head coach. Well, it can change field position. You know, even if you're backed up, you're not really backed up. If he can get one out there, and he has yesterday, so he got it out there pretty good for us, and we just have to run down and cover. And not only was he kicking it deep, he was kicking it towards the sideline, so they were hard to return. If they did get a return, it would be hard because we would have had to pin down to the sideline. And we hear about short weeks in terms of when you have to play on Thursday night or whatever, but for having a Monday night game, how much can that one day of rest on this side of it help you guys? Hopefully. It always helps the players after a game. You know, coaches – Probably doesn't help as much. You get more time, but then you think about and chase too many ghosts. But from a player standpoint, I think it's always good to get an extra day of rest. And how does it affect the schedule that you guys make and and what you guys try to do with that extra day, whether you guys as coaches with game planning or is it mainly just about the guy's physical rest? 
It's about both. For the coaches, it helps with game planning because you get extra time and you can go through things and make sure you got something good for to present the players when they do come in. Players will get some rest, and hopefully we can get some extra film work in with that extra day, try to take advantage of that. All right, Jalen Hurts, tell me some of the similarities and differences of going against him as compared to Justin Fields. Uh, Jalen has a great command of his offense. Obviously, Philly has a little – they got a great offensive line. They got two Pro Bowl receivers out there, and they got a trio of running backs that can run very well. So Jalen has an assimilation of weapons around him. He plays very smart football. He hardly turns the ball over. He can throw it deep. He can throw it short, and he can run with it. So he's a triple threat, obviously. Uh, it, it's going to be a chore. It's going to be a big chore for us because they got guys at every position. That's not even counting the tight end. So they have a lot of talent. They're an extremely talented team, very well coached. They run on everybody and they throw on everybody. So everybody's going to have to do a heck of a job with their assignments. Yeah. Uh, tell me about DeAndre Swift and, and what you've seen from him and what he has brought to their offense. He's, he's very slippery. He can run he can run around you. He can, you know, one guy's really not going to tackle him in the hole. You're going to have to try and gang tackle this guy. Uh, he's been the bell cow the last week or so, and he had over 100, well over 100 last week, and it's going to be a problem. And then how about A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith? I know that you've talked about their pretty incredible weapons, but what specifically do each of them bring and, and some of the challenges of matchups there? AJ is tough. You know, he can go deep and he can go intermediate routes. And when he catches the ball, he's great with run after catch. He's a physical receiver. Uh, Devontae, can, he's a great route runner. You know, he's very fluid, very smooth, outstanding catch radius. He can jump for the ball. He can run in and out of breaks and get out of things. So it's going to be a problem. And how about the Eagles defense? Uh, obviously, I mean, both sides of the ball bring a lot. They, their offense can get a lot of the attention. But uh, what do you notice about their defense? extremely talented up front you know they got four horses and they got a lot of depth up there as well uh they got great corners on the outside and they got hard hitting safety so those guys come off the ball they're going to force you to play in your own backfield so we got to make sure our assignments are sound do you get more excited for monday night football or do you feel like that's a little bit more of a thing for the players to get extra hyped about I think coaches get a little excited, too. I get excited probably the day of, probably not during the week, but the day of when you play on Monday night, you're the only game in town, so you want to play well. And I know, is it hard for you to wait until a night game that I imagine the anticipation is a little rough during the day? I usually get all the rest I can get. <laughs> How about the fact that uh, Rondé Barber is going to be having his uh, Hall of Fame ceremony at halftime? I know it's not something you'll get to watch since you guys will be a little bit busy, but um, how cool is it to know that he gets a chance to do that in front of the home fans and against the Eagles, of course, where his signature play came against? I think that's outstanding. You know, he's been a heck of a player throughout his career. He's a heck of a person if you get to know him off the field. For him to be honored like that finally, and he needs to take in all the accolades he can get because he deserves it. That's great. All right. Well, Coach, as always, thank you so much for taking time out to talk to us. We really appreciate it. Congratulations on starting 2-0, and and here's to hopefully 3-0 and and talking to you next week after that game against the Eagles. Appreciate it, Case. Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. Pressure coming up the gut. And Pescott goes down. He's sacked for the first time of the game. Devin White, linebacker blitz. Now more with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. First half of the show, we had head coach Todd Bowles on with us, and now I am so excited to be joined by pass game coordinator and inside linebackers coach, Coach Larry Foote. Coach, thanks so much for being with us. My pleasure. I didn't know I was Coach Bowles. 
That's a tough act to follow. It is a tough act to follow. It is. It's very true. Um, but you know what? You at least get to follow him on a week where there's a win. That is always uh, the perfect time to bring someone on is, is after a W and you guys are sitting at 2-0, and o, which has to sound really nice. Uh, you know, less than a third of the teams in the league can say that at this point. So um, tell me how that feels and, and what it's been like, especially considering maybe some of the, the low expectations from outsiders before the start of the season. It feels good. Uh, we always want to prove the, the doubt is wrong. Uh, it's challenging trying to coach the young players because it's feel good. You know, feel good Monday, feel good Tuesday. So, you know, the, the small issues that we're having, you know, we'll never play a perfect game, but it can come back and bite us. But I'm trying to paint that picture to the young guys like, hey, this play right here, if this happens after a loss, it's going to sting a little more. So I'm trying to get them guys uh, – playing as perfect as they can, but this is what the NFL is about. You want to win, you want to enjoy it, but uh, 24 hour rules, you got to put it away. Well, I know I'm making you extend that 24 hour rule a little bit, but we're going to uh, kind of relish this a little longer. And I definitely want to hear um, about Shaq's game ceiling pick six. And uh, you're in a unique position where you're the pass game coordinator. So that play is definitely falls under your purview, but also <laughs> you used to be the outside linebacker coach. And so I know you had a close relationship with him as well. So what was it like for you in that moment to watch a, from just a football perspective on what that play was like, and then just emotionally to, to see him coming back from an injury and making a play like that? Uh, that's my guy. I don't consider uh, a coach. I uh, consider him uh, family. Uh, our families are tight. I know his family well. And I was just excited. Couldn't have it to a better guy. And it was definitely timing. Uh, you know, we was only up three at the time. I think two minutes left. So that was a big play. Helped seal the victory for us. And, um, you know, ain't, ain't too many guys can walk around and say they scored a defensive touchdown in the NFL. And uh, everybody knows what he's been through this past year. And uh, I know his family and kids were geeked up. And how about just the way he's been able to come back from injury? And what level do you see him playing at at this point when it comes to the actual physical part of coming back from that? Well, you've seen him when he came back for a training camp. He's getting better and better each week. And uh, he's not quite there, the Shaq Bear that we know, but he's uh, he's close. And that's what we want from him anyway. Uh, fortunately for us, we got a lot of depth at that position. But uh, Shaq is getting better. I was surprised he was ready uh, week one, you know, because he did it kind of late last year. But uh, that just speaks to our training staff and just his resiliency to get back to us. Yeah, I mean, and speaking of the depth at outside linebacker, man, the pressure in general this game two different times getting sacks on back-to-back -back plays. Um, what do you think it was about the game plan, about the execution? Because it's not like, you know, Justin Fields is the easiest guy to bring down or to, to sack. So what was it about this game and, and the way the guys were playing that let this be such a sack attack kind of game? I thought we did a good job giving him different looks. Uh, Got to be disciplined. Guys up front had to be disciplined because you get out your gap, he'll take off. We know he's a home run hitter when, with his legs, and uh, he's a he's a threat. But I think collectively, uh, everybody up front did their job, and they were disciplined. Even the back end, you know, in order to get sacks, you got to cover the guys and make the quarterback hold the ball. And I thought we had a great game plan, and guys went out and executed. And how about uh, Joe Tryon Trinka getting his two sacks? I think that's his second game in his career where he's gotten a pair of them. 
there was especially one that just looked like incredible get off on his part. I know he's a guy that we've heard a lot about from coach and other people saying that they really expect this to be a year that he takes a big step forward. And I know a game like Sunday is exactly probably what everybody in the building and outside is excited to see. So what is it that you guys were kind of hoping he'd be able to do this year? And what are the parts of his game that you've seen him make those strides in? Well, my expectation is that everybody that come in this league, uh, by year three, you tell the league what type of player you're going to be. You're going to be a star, uh, a starter, a backup, or a guy just playing on special teams. It don't matter. But year three, I expect I'm, I'm watching and see where you at. See if you took the coaching, see if you're being a pro and growing. But the expectation for everybody coming to this league by year three, I expect you to be rolling. And uh, he's the first rounder, and uh, we expect big things from him. We're talking to pass game coordinator and inside linebacker coach Larry Foote. Um, another guy that is hopefully making a, a stride and, and step forward is Logan Hall. We saw he split a sack with Vita. Uh, what are some of the hopes that you guys have for him and, and his roles, both you know for your part, especially with the the passing game, and then just overall the the ways that you guys hope to see him progress? Just keep getting better. His arrow pointing up. He made a, a great play uh, week one in Minnesota up in Minneapolis. But we just want to keep getting better. And like I mentioned earlier, you got to be a pro. And at the end of the day, we need you to make plays. We know there's going to be make mistakes. We know young guys going to uh, mess up from time to time. But overall, we need more pluses than minuses. Somebody that I'm just I love following because of his story and then just how he ends up making such big plays, especially per playing time he gets is Cam Gill. That here he is coming off of this injury. He's he's the undrafted you know, rookie and came in during COVID. He had kind of everything against him in terms of sticking on a roster and then gets his first sack in the Super Bowl. This is a guy that knows how to make plays whenever his number is called. We saw him get a sack force fumble this game. And I think he only had two snaps and, you know, that's talking about making the the most of it. So what is it about him that he just keeps kind of making you guys put him out there and, and making these big plays? Well, I always uh, take a lot of credit because, you know, I had to do a lot of recruiting. If you understand how that process goes as far as free agent, guys who don't get drafted, you got to recruit some of the players that you like. And uh, coming out of Wagner, he jumped off the film, and I really was big on him. And uh, I had to fight off a couple teams. You know, other teams had him wanting to play stand-up uh, stand backer off the ball. And I said, no, nah, you can rush the passer in this league. And uh, – I'm glad that we got him. I'm glad that he uh, he listened and came. So every time he make a play, I go over there and wink at him. But uh, Cam Gill, just, uh, he's a competitor. He's a warrior. Coach George Edwards doing a great job with him. And uh, he can do it all. And uh, he's great on special teams. And uh, you need guys like that that to win in this league. And he's ready. Always. Uh, his mother is tough. She, you know, every time – when he wasn't playing as much, when I was still coaching him, she had tried to, she had threatened me a little bit after the game. I needed security a few times, but uh, that's where he gets his tough from, Mama Gill. But uh, I would share the story. He got a sack fumble in the Super Bowl, and the older guys took him right out. It wasn't me. It was the older guys who wanted to get after there and uh, make plays in the Super Bowl. But I'm glad we got Cam. That's awesome. And now you are definitely the uh, the inside linebacker extraordinaire coach. Uh, so tell me about Devin and Levante's game on Sunday. What stood out to you? Uh, they, you know, they, they were disciplined. They didn't get a lot of uh, splash plays that they got the week before, but they did their job. Uh, you know, feels, you know, he, he opposes a big time threat. Guys had to be disciplined, keep their eyes on them. 
But for the most part, they did their job, missed a few tackles that, uh, you know, they're going to hear about it all week. We might be on the popsicle sled a little more this week because we missed tackles. But uh, they did a good job. They're leading them guys as always. And uh, I was impressed. I challenged them just for their energy. And as you know, it was super hot out there. And uh, we needed their energy for 60 minutes. And uh, they gave it to me. Yeah, that's that's always a, a tough part of it. I feel like imagining back when you played games like that where it is so hot, is that one of almost the biggest challenges in the game is just keeping yourself mentally and physically right? Even when it's us and we're used to the heat as compared to Chicago, who I'm sure was dying. Um, is that something that you guys really have to think about and focus on with the guys during the game? Absolutely. And it starts Friday, really. Got to be hydrated. And, you know, our staff here, they do a great job, uh, you know, reminding them guys, fluids, fluids. And, you know, our staff, they don't they don't ask you if you're thirsty. They're just throwing drinks at you. <laughs> and uh, we're used to it. We knew uh, it's going to be tougher for Chicago than us. But those guys did a good job and uh, executed. And I always say, the opposing team, they're going to die before us, so we should get the victory. And how about, I know uh, missing Carlton is always a, a big deal on the defensive side of things. Um, how did you feel like Zion stepped up and, and stepped in for him? He did good. did a great job you know, this year, too, for him. And, you know, at that position, you can't have enough of DBs. you got to always be ready. It's a passing league. We know he has a skill set that uh, everybody's looking for. And then, you know, going back to what we were talking about with the young guys, we just need him to be a pro and keep getting better. And uh, he did that for us. Another uh, young guy learned to be a pro, man, Christian Izian, uh, two games, two picks. Uh, I mean, not a bad start to the career and not a not a stat you'd frown upon at any point, right. no matter what age you are. Um, tell me why you think this guy's been able to make these big splash plays so quickly in his career. I mean, again, same thing of the undrafted guy coming in and being asked to step into a, a really big role. Well, some guys, he's about to earn that title is uh, the ball just finds you. You know, I'm jealous of those guys. I always hated those guys because that ball just finds them. And uh, so far, that ball didn't found them. Definitely uh, this past week with Chicago, the ball just found them. But the week before, he went and got it. So uh, you can get turnovers in this league. You're going to play in this league a long time. But uh, for undrafted rookie, that's very impressive. And uh, his arrow's pointing up, but you got to just keep on getting better. But uh, he's doing a great job for us. You don't see that often that a undrafted rookie starts in the NFL. And, and, and speaking pretty... of Rashad Johnson, he's doing a great job with him, getting him up to par. There's no uh, smarter player that I didn't play with that you can learn from than Rashad Johnson. So uh, his, his arrow's definitely pointing up. Yeah, and you brought up the turnovers. I know that's something that you guys are really um, emphasizing this year overall, that it was something that you guys didn't feel like you did enough of last year up to what you felt like you were capable of doing. And I think is the number 30 is the the goal of how many takeaways this year? Absolutely. Uh, we want to be top in the league in that. We we know uh, stats and analytical standpoint, if you win the turnover battle, your chances of winning goes up. We dipped down a little bit last year, so uh, – We've been since the spring, we've been hammering it home. Hey, get that ball. We got to get that ball back. For our, we got a new offense, uh, Bayfield, new quarterback. So uh, we want to help them guys out as much as we can. All right. We have more coming up here with pass game coordinator and inside linebackers coach Larry Foote coming up on Buccaneers Total Access. Brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. 
You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Brought to you by Advent Health. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. I am joined by pass game coordinator and inside linebacker coach Larry Foote. Uh, so I'd love to hear from you what it was like to switch from outside to inside linebackers in terms of when you're switching from one position to another and how different did it feel? How comfortable were you in it? And uh, just kind of take us through that transition from staying with the same team, but switching positions. Uh, it was rough guy to leave my boys, you know, Shag, Nelson, Cam Gill. Uh, you know, that's my natural position. I played uh, off the ball linebacker and uh, just being in the office and, and just comparing the two is more work on this side other than, you know, the other side. So I might've been out the building 30 minutes earlier with the outside guys, but it was a ball, you know, Devin White and uh, Levante David, they've been here. So uh, mainly focusing on the young guys and uh, just trying to uh, put my imprint with those guys and still learning from truth. Even though I'm the coach, I learned a lot from Levante David. Uh, he brings a lot, but those guys are easy to coach. You enjoy coaching them. Uh, they bring a lot of excitement. They're, they're, uh, they want to learn. They want to get better. So it makes my job easier, but that's my natural, you know, off the ball back. And it's, it sometimes feels like it'd be easy to say Levante might not even need a coach that it feels like he's been doing this so well for so long in the league that, that is there times that you feel like you don't even have to tell him, like he already knows what you're going to be telling no, him. I don't, I don't say his name that much in the meeting room. And, uh, and there's times certain I give him the floor, you know, he teaches those guys and, uh, stuff that he sees, he gives, uh, his input a lot. But he's a pro, but uh, what makes him so good in playing on a high level at year 12, because every day he takes it serious, sits in front of the classroom, he asks questions, he pays attention. And uh, he's not like one of them young guys. Every time I give him a break, they go right to their phone. So uh, he's into it. And uh, he's kind of on that cusp of the new generation, a little bit of old generation. But, you know, he's a married man. He's a little more mature than the other guys. But. I always coach off of him. He, he's he's uh, great to be in the room. If I was a young guy like Sebastian, KJ Britt, I want to be in the room with a guy like that because you can listen to a guy coach all day, but they get to see the film live in action and how to do it. So it's great. And not every player would have the ability to go on to be a coach. For you, what was it that you felt like? What are the qualities that it took to move from being player to coach? Well, when Bruce Aarons hired me, I never was shy to talk. Can you, can you believe that? Shocking. But, uh, I always, uh, just coming up, uh, when I got drafted in Pittsburgh, it, it's mandatory that you talk. And the older guys taught me, and I just passed it down. So I never uh, I never shied away from that. And B.A. seen that quality in me, and he hired me as a coach. And uh, that's when I started getting older. I, you know, my last couple of years, I might have been more of a coach than a player anyway. <laughs> but uh, I love it. I enjoy it. And uh, I love to see young guys come in and uh, just get better and make plays. We're talking to pass game coordinator and inside linebacker coach Larry Foote. Um, how about your experience getting to call plays in the preseason? We heard Coach Bowles say that you got to call the defensive plays one game and Casey Rogers got to call it another game. What was that experience like? It was good. Uh, what I took from it is you don't get to watch the game. You know, you really ain't got no idea what happened because <laughs> you so you know you you're moving on to the next play in personnel, so you don't really have uh, 
you know, to look at the jumbotron and say, "Hey, man, what happened on that play?" So that that was uh, unique, but uh, it was cool. It was uh, also a little intimidating. Big bowls right over your shoulder a little bit, so uh, I didn't want to disappoint him. But it, it was fun. Uh, I definitely want to do it in the future. You know, that's the goal. But uh, the players played well. It was a good game. And what is the dynamic like with you and Bowles and Casey Rogers? Are you guys kind of being co-defensive coordinators, but he's still calling the plays most of the time. What are the ways that you guys try to kind of divvy up some of the work separate from your actual position room meetings? Just suggestions. Uh, it's tough. Uh, I'm more still in the learning. I just, you know, uh, when, when I'm around him, I want to take in all the information. And, uh, you know, we definitely give him input, but he's been around football so long, it's kind of, I don't want to bother him, you know, I don't want to waste his time, but, uh, but I'm still just learning. I like every time I go in there, I want to, uh, I ask a lot of questions too. Like, why did you call this? What are you looking at? But, uh, you know, we give suggestions when needed, but at the end of the day, Bo's, uh, he got it. <laughs> he understands it. Yeah. And what are the things that you notice that you mainly learn from him? I always feel like I hear everybody say that it's, how much he can disguise stuff, that that's one of his biggest um, credits to him in terms of what kind of a coordinator he is. So what are some of the biggest things, even though you had played so long and mm -hmm. probably had seen almost everything a defense can try to throw at people, what are some of the unique things about a Bulls scheme? Well, one thing he got naturally, he played the position as a free safety. So formations and if a wide receiver got his foot up, posed the back, what they're doing and uh, – it's pretty much been the same. Offense is all the same, and uh, but he can grab some keys and he can tell you some stuff like, "Whoa, how did you know that?" He's been around it so long, but he's definitely a student. Uh, I like to stay in my own lane, and uh, but if you've been around this league, uh, if you pay attention, you you can know what they're doing. And I've been fortunate; I've been around a lot of great minds in this game. And uh, whenever I do get the opportunity, trust me, the success is going to be a because of uh, I've been around a lot of smart people. That's very cool. And I was thinking about how you have basically one of the smallest position groups on the whole team in terms right. of just number of guys, especially that are out there at any one time. I mean, it's basically just quarterbacks are smaller than y'all and that's about it. So what is that like to have only two guys that are ever out there at any given time that's part of your position group and, and only having four total essentially on the roster for you to to really get a chance to focus on such a small group of people? It's good because, I mean, you know, linebackers, we're the quarterbacks. Uh, so it ain't that much uh, physical. There's a lot of the other positions, a lot of teaching, a lot of can work where we just, you know, line up on the cans and a lot of talking checks and uh, shifts and motions. And uh, those guys, got they got to communicate. So they got to see stuff. It's bowls, then it's the linebackers. And uh, that's how they operate. And we put a lot of onuses on those guys to make sure offense is going to hurry up that we communicate. A lot of times throughout the game, it's probably three or four plays where we don't know what they call. We got to wait till they come to the sideline and see what they got us in. And uh, uh, those guys, they do a great job. You know, uh, coaching eight, nine years in this league, uh, Levante and Devin White, they're, they're uh, probably the best I've been around as far as getting them in the right defense. That's great. And how about the expectations for Devin this year? And I'm sure it's always nice when you have players that are in a contract year, you know, there's probably a little extra motivation going on in there, but uh, what is it that for you, you feel like you really wanted to see more of from him or the same as before kind of, what are some of those big tent pole things that you're, you're preaching to him? 
Well, I'm just a little nervous because, uh, you know, I've never been in that situation. And uh, I know there's a lot of money at stake. And uh, he's been a pro, you know, in the offseason. That's the time to do that. Whatever your strategy is or your tactics to try to get your contract. You know, we didn't see it all in this league. But when he came to training camp, he was all business. And he's the same self uh, being a leader. And I haven't seen it affect him not one bit. And uh, he's playing good ball. It's been the best training camp since I've been around and uh, it should be like that. And I think it's year five and, you know, I still challenge him. He ain't the best that he's going to be yet. He ain't hit the ceiling yet. And uh, he's got off to a great start, but I, I'm more proud of him. How he just put all the things uh, behind him and he's leading his team. And at the end of the day, you only get so many seasons. So you want to seize the opportunity. You want to win. You want to experience a lot of success and, Still young, so the, the money's going to come. It's going to come. And uh, so far, he put that stuff to the side and uh, being the leader that we need him to be. And speaking of leaders, how I mean, to have Levante for Devin's whole career, um, what an advantage. And I just would love to hear how you've seen Levante influence Devin on and off the field. By uh, not talking, just uh, being an example, uh, being a pro. Uh, Levante comes when he steps in between that line. Uh, he gives it his all, he, he's focused, he's locked in, and you see why he's been playing at a high level for all these years. And it's, it's easy for somebody to talk about it, and uh, but you see somebody walk it out, that's been a big, I know it has been a big impact on Devin's career. And I can always, you know, hey, I just point to Levante, like, hey, that's how you do it. And uh, Devin is, you know, he's carving out his own niche. And uh, he's been a leader on his team and uh, very vocal, a little more vocal than uh, Levante. But those those two is one of the best tandems in this league, and they've been here since day one. It was 19, 2019, so. That's great. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. We'll be back with more with pass game coordinator and inside linebacker coach Larry Foote coming up on Buccaneers Total Access. Brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles now continues. Brought to you by Advent Health. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. Brought to you by Advent Health. We have pass game coordinator and inside linebacker coach Larry Foote here with us. So we talked a lot about Devin and Levante, and I would love to hear a little bit about those young guys. So uh, tell me about KJ Britt's development so far in the areas you've seen him grow. Year three, best training camp. Uh, I've been patting him on the back. Uh, since training camp because it's plays that he didn't get last year. And it's, uh, I'm super proud of how he played. It's the best ball I've seen KJ Britt in his year three. And, uh, he's a uh, leader on the teams and he's ready to go. And, uh, when he got his opportunity, I've been just keep telling him, just seize it, seize it. I got my opportunity year three and I didn't look back. And I, uh, he's a smart guy. He's a true when I, you know, I keep using that term, be a pro KJ Britt is a pro. He's serious. He loves it. He loves the game. He uh, enjoys it. Uh, he's a big time thumper. You know, that's probably his biggest plus a part of his game. He's very physical and uh, we need that. And uh, every day he comes to play. Every day he comes to play. And uh, he's one of those guys, I got to say, uh, whoa. And instead of opposed to saying sick him. And uh, I like that about KJ Britt. And, uh, I'm I'm excited what what the future holds for him, but I was definitely uh, geeked up the way he played this training camp. 
Now, I know he and Devin are both uh, kind of country guys, you know, mm-hmm. that KJ's always talking about. I think he goes like rabbit hunting in the off season. You got Devin with his horses. Uh, tell me how much you can or cannot relate to this. Well, I'm learning a lot. Uh, some of the stuff, uh, well, I'm probably learning, but I'm hearing it for the first time because I still don't remember all that stuff talking about horses. KJ, uh, I understand a little bit about hunting and guns and all that, but those two, I always got to separate. Those two are always fighting. I don't know why. From time to time, I got to say, say that again, because I don't understand neither one of them. Yeah, they do have pretty strong accents, that's for sure. (laughs) And uh, we always get a kick out of those two in there. That's pretty funny. All right, tell me about uh, Servassier, Dennis, now the draft pick coming in this year. Um, just seems so uh, poised and, and mature, especially when it comes to what we see in the media and just the way he carries himself. What has he been like to to watch both on the field and in the meeting rooms? He's been a blast. He's been fun to coach. And uh, he's one of those rookies, you know, of course, we've just been beating him up. I mean, beating him down, not physically, but we just all, all the jokes, the fine board. And, uh, you know, we put a rule in there. I don't care how many fines we get. You're going to be number one on the list. So. Anytime that somebody uh, surpasses him, we just stick him with another fine because he's going to have the most fine. And uh, he's embracing it. And, you is, know, is the fine uh, at least going to go towards like a like a team dinner, like a position group dinner? Does it go to, towards something at least uh, kind of enjoyable for him? Dinner or something. Or we'll give some of the way to charity because no fine getting up there. And uh, he's one of those good rookies. You know, as you were the old vet, you, you kind of tip your hat off. He's a little hard-headed, too. For example, our first road game, I didn't get my dinner or my lunch on the plane. Oof. And, uh, you know, I said, you should have checked before you left that restaurant. But, and <laughs> you know, definitely uh, hammered him on the fines. But football standpoint, uh, he's in that same mode as Levante, above-the-neck guy, real smart, uh, cerebral guy, got good instincts, and we've seen that all on the film. And I tell everybody, I was surprised we got him in the fifth round. I was surprised he lasted that long, but uh, good for us. And uh, I'm excited what the future holds for him. That's great. And so for you guys now going into this Monday night game against the Eagles, uh, quite a test. Uh, Do you feel like you get extra excited for a Monday night game as a coach, or was that just kind of a feeling as a player? Uh, Both. Uh, You get excited to play in front of your peers on Monday night. Uh, your family, and, uh, you know, as a kid, you always want to play on prime time. And all of a sudden, you start watching this film and stuff, and you see you watching this tape of the Eagles. Now, <laughs> the feeling good starts uh, getting a little worried, and now you're in the coach mode because uh, they present so many problems. And that's going to be a big challenge. And uh, why not play against the best on Monday night? And uh, defensively, it's going to be a big challenge for us. But I know our guys going to be up to it. And you got to worry about everything, passing, running. They're, they're good offensive line. So uh, I'm geeked up. That's I great. feel much better when later in the week. I'll be yeah, once you finish preparing. Early in the week, and I'm seeing all these explosive plays and, you know, running around how we're going to stop these guys. But I have full confidence you will figure it out. But tell me, what are the things when you look at like a Jalen Hurts? Uh, what are the things that stand out to you? And I mean, a couple of weeks in a row now, you've faced a, a mobile quarterback. I don't know if maybe that makes you feel a little bit more prepared having just gone against a guy like Fields, but what is it that Jalen Hurts brings uh, specifically? Oh, you know, he can kill you with his legs, and now he can kill you with his arm, and he got weapons. Uh, 
smart guy, man. I think he was MVP last year, uh, but he's just dangerous. You got to know where he's at. He has weapons now. The offensive line, I mean, the running backs are good. Uh, this is one of the top offenses, you know, being in the league and just preparing my short uh, coaching career. There's, uh, they make you check off every box. And uh, I see why they had so much success. Yeah. And so for you, what does game planning look like and how has it maybe changed over the course of your coaching career? And how, how do you feel like maybe being a player helped you know how you wanted to do that, that you'd watched film, you'd had to do that as a player a bit, but then going to the coaching side, how does your game planning process look? Well, it's kind of similar for as you start with the run. You start with the run game. Then you start, then you go to the pass game. Then you got to look at the play actions and boots and some of the stuff that's unique. A lot of offenses do the same things, but different formations. And you try to find keys and clues just as I was a player. You try to find them and uh, you try to present them to the guys. That's basically, you try to give your notes that they can understand. And, you know, we come together as a staff, we make a plan and uh, how to attack these guys. And so for you, what are the biggest things defensively that you want to see happen this week that you guys have been harping on that would be maybe the most important when it comes to either playing the Eagles or just what you guys are wanting to accomplish as a defense overall? Well, you mentioned earlier turnovers. You know, every week we want to, you know, create turnovers. Uh, but ultimately, at the end of the day, you want to hold the points down. You want to keep them out the end zone, make them kick field goals. Uh, they're so explosive. They got weapons. We know they're going to move the ball. They're going to make plays. We just uh, can't let them in the end zone. That's going to be our goal this week. Uh, but it's a big challenge, passing and running. And, uh, you know, we're going to have we're gonna have our hands. And then I know that uh, Rondé is getting his uh, ceremony at halftime. You guys aren't going to get to watch. Obviously, it'll be a little busy. But uh, what is it like for you to get a chance to see a guy like him getting all these accolades this year with the Hall of Fame and uh, just what it's meant to have a guy like him still be around the team a little bit? Oh, it's awesome. For a guy that I was playing when he was still in the league, I mean, and everybody says this a lot, but what took the <laughs> Hall of Fame so long to get this guy in there? He kind of reinvented that position. He made it so popular as far as a DB that can blitz and get interceptions, can cover. He did it all. But I speak for a lot of peers, of his peers that played in this league. He should have been in the Hall of Fame, just the numbers alone. And uh, a few times I played against him, we knew he was a threat. And that nickel position is so big now because the 11 personnel, three wide receivers on the field took off. And uh, he was a threat. And then uh, finally, we'll close with this. What is the thing that you have been most proud of your position group in the way that they've played these uh, first couple weeks here? Just the energy. You know, uh, you know, we're middle backers. You know, we're the most important position on the field, in my opinion. You know, Not like than, you're, you're biased. I, I give the quarterback. I give the quarterback. But we're 1B. Quarterback's 1A. We're 1B. And uh, hopefully in a couple of years, the, the salary cap starts showing that too. Linebackers get the second and <laughs> <laughs> oh, that food chart. But uh, I'm just excited those guys got energy and uh, we're 2-0. And, oh, and uh, every time you win in this league, the next game gets bigger. And uh, hopefully we keep up when our dollars wrong. And uh, I'm just excited, it's, you know, geeked up. And they, these guys, they make it easy. They bring that juice every day and uh, it makes our job as coaches easy.
That's awesome. Well, coach, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time out during your week to, to chat with us here and good luck on Monday. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate right. it. That's going to do it for us on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio.